They shoot the shit. They shoot, they shoot the shit. Shoot, 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 shit, shit, shit. Shooting the shit with Chippa. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Shooting the Shit with Chippa. Before I get into today's returning guest, I want to thank my $15 or more month patrons. They are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin CV, Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price, and collaborating online. And also my newest patrons, Chantel Sorrentino and Kevin Michael Hink. Thank you all. If you want to be part of this group, you know, you could become a patron. It only costs a buck. If you want to donate $15 or more, holy crap, thank you. Um, again, I do this for free and for fun, but your money helps because, well, hobbies are fun. Hobbies that you can get paid for so you don't have to choose between doing them and doing boring other work are very important, especially now when we're recording this on the 10th of April, 2020, and we're not really allowed to do anything. My name is Gibetto Funkin, one shoe stumble, knackle timber shivers, at your service. I'm looking for some friends of mine. The many pennies? The many pennies. Them. I know we've been really busy, but I think that all we need to do is just tackle the next thing on this 24 item to-do list and we'll be fine. Someone bring me some food. Also, my flask is empty. I need a refill. Nobody panic. I may have lost several scorpions. I said nobody panic. Check out this new skin patch on my cloak, guys. Guys? You know... I might be looking for someone else. I don't blame you. Adventure Incorporated, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition actual play adventure podcast. New episodes every Monday. Find us at AdventureIncPod.com. And with that, I would like to reintroduce my returning guest. Good sir, tell yourself, or tell the world about yourself. I am Robert V. Aldrich. I am honored to be back on Shooting the Shit, and uh, my website is teachthesky.com. I am a writer and author, um, and I am here today to talk about one of the greatest video games ever made, Street Fighter II. Yes, so Robert, you at MAGFest, one of the last times anyone was allowed to be with a ton of other people in a uh, um, panel or... Um, at a, at a con, basically, outside. Mm -hmm. I think it was that and PAX, and that was about it. Um, you did a panel on Street Fighter in real life, and yep. it finally got put up online. You mm -hmm. sent it to me, and you had this idea that maybe we could do our own version of it. So I figured I would allow you to uh, kind of give people a small little preamble about what that was about before we get into our main event here. I appreciate it very much. Um, I really love Street Fighter of all video games. I really like Street Fighter the most. It was a very formative game for me, and it's always been one of my favorites, despite the fact that I suck terribly at it. I'm like... Me too! Yeah, I'm abnormally bad. Like, I statistically, I should luck my way into wins more than I do. Um, but I, I really enjoy it. I have the original Tokuma comics from, like, 92 or something, and um, I... I, I I, I love the game, I love the characters, I love the franchise and all of that, but the franchise really doesn't hold up to kind of real-world scrutiny when uh, people will kind of talk about who would actually win in the real world. The entire thing falls apart. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, as you said, I go into this on the panel uh, that's available on YouTube through MAGFest. This was at MAGFest 2020 this past January. Um, and I just talk about what the World Warrior tournament would be like in real life um, and kind of like how the fighters would 
do in real life? And the answer is the, the tournament goes very predictably and, um, and you're not aware of all the intricacies that go into it. Um, unless you've got a business background. Um, but I, I talk in the panel about why street fighting and underground tournaments and illegal fighting and pit fighting is so popular in movies and TV shows and comic books and video games. But in real life, it's really, really not popular and it's definitely not lucrative. Um, there was a there was an episode of NCIS I vaguely remember, where uh, they were investigating some kind of pit fighting ring, backyard brawls, and one of the characters like remarked like you can make a lot of money doing that like no you can't like <laughs> if you remember yeah if you if you remember you were you worked at a blockbuster you, so you remember the uh, the the VHS days and like the very early DVD days when like bum fights was the big thing yep. Yeah, and like that's the closest we have had to real street fighting in the United States and in uh, Western culture. And that was they were finding literal homeless bums, the guys who were doing this, and paying them like 50 bucks to beat each other up and filming it and releasing them as VHS tapes. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah, it was. It was really, really terrible. It was very inhumane. And Divorced from the morality of it, it was also really boring. These guys didn't know what they were doing. These were not good fights. It was just a whole lot of swinging your fist really wild. There was there was nothing to it. And so we in the West love street fighting narratively, but in function we don't. And I argue that in the West that it harkens back to the shootout at the OK Corral and the gunfighters at high noon, that kind of thing. Um, we like the idea of really, really high stakes sports, which is what a fighting tournament is. And most sports in America are not really that high stakes. There's a lot mm -hmm. of money at play, but that's really about it. Um, and unless you start talking about like CTE and stuff, there's just not a, a whole lot of uh, physical jeopardy to be involved um but beyond that the beyond the attraction of it i also talk in the panel about how complicated uh running a tournament is like especially an international tournament like you you if you have friends that you run like a role-playing game with like a GURPS game or a DD campaign how hard is it to get everybody together on a regular basis just everybody's going to meet here on thursday Impossible. Now imagine trying to do that with people across international boundaries. Um, and, and then you have to talk about paying for it. You have to talk about how you're going to coordinate it. And that's just getting the fighters together to actually fight. Then you have to start introducing how are you going to determine who wins and who doesn't because you're are you just operating on the honor system here? Um, and what's going to <laughs> to draw these people to come to these fights because in street fighter they are drawn to this competition for very very different reasons guile is there for very different reasons than dj is there which is who is there for very different reasons than t-hawk who is there for very different reasons than ryu and you've got to find some way to attract all of them and the amount of money at play you know, is astronomical because you're dealing with Ken, who is a you know millionaire and a trust fund kid, and you're dealing with Dalsim, who's trying to raise money for 
impoverished uh, children. And then you've got people who don't care about money. You've got people like Ryu and you've got people like uh, Guile. And it, it's, it's the, the manpower and effort that it would take to go on behind the scenes is almost more complicated and more da- daring than the actual training in the fight would be. Um, so, yeah. Uh, from there, you've got to deal with what's going to happen when corporations get involved, because if Coca-Cola can get their logo on Guile's, uh, Guile's uh, camo, or if they can get it on uh, Ken's gi, you know they're going to hook him up with a bunch of money. Now, Ken may not fall for that, but Dalsing, that's going to be an extra $1,000, you know, whatever. That's a 1,000 mouths he can feed. He's going to go for it. Ihanda's a whore. He'll do it. Dalsing will wear a damn Coke can costume, for Christ's sake. Absolutely. Dalsing doesn't care. He's not there to win. He's there to help kids. And you're then going to have to balance that out with the altruism of others. Ryu's there to be the best, but he wants to help people, too. He's a good person. You don't think he'll throw a fight to feed children? Right. And so you've got to certify that. Well, how are you going to certify that? Well, in the movies, the way they handle that is apparently they have an army of cyborgs going around recording this stuff because that seems to be a good use of cybernetic technology. Um, and in the comic books, they handled this with there's just an astronomical amount of prize money that's being offered in the tournament through drug money. Again, you don't think a government's going to try to field a fighter? Um, it actually does happen. One government, Russia, does do that. Russia fields a fighter, Zangief. He's there on yep. the government dime. Um, and so quickly it can almost turn into like the Olympics. And if you think the Olympics are fair, boy, have I got news for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> there, there's an entire industry just around trying and not succeeding, but just trying to level the playing field with the Olympics. And, you know, some sport, some groups like the Paralympics and the, um, not, not the Paralympics, the uh, World Games and whatnot just gave up. And they're like, you know what, we're only going to do so much testing. There's just... Um, so, yeah, the, the actual World Warrior Tournament is a nightmare to even begin to conceive of. And so it becomes real clear that if you're going to tell the story, you've got to focus just on the individual fighters. Um, but it also means that the individual fighters are going to fare along very predictable lines. We now, when the game came out in the early 90s, um, let's see, it came out in 92, I think. Uh, the UFC was still like a year off, and you had some stuff in Japan and South America. You had the Valtudo in South America, and you had, uh, I think you had Pancrase in Japan. Um, you definitely had hard style wrestling, which is really close um, to this. But worldwide, you really didn't have like true fights like the original UFC was. Um, and uh, that really dispelled a lot of myths. Like, Karate, Taekwondo, Kung Fu, a lot of the uh, Oriental styles were really able to coast on their reputation until they actually were put in the ring with a wrestler, with a boxer, with, you know, some of these people. And it was a shocking wake up call. And we now know uh, a lot, a lot of the bloat and myth about the traditional martial arts has been dispelled. Some of it's been validated. I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm down on like karate and taekwondo and whatnot. 
some of those arts are a lot better than people give them credit for, but they, as they existed in America in the eighties and early nineties, um, they needed a wake up call and the UFC and MMA was definitely it. But, um, you know, boxing and wrestling and other styles, they got a wake up call too. But, uh, but yeah, so going into the MMA, going into the street fighter tournament, we're going to see things that are just going to be kind of casually dismissed in Kung Fu movie style logic, like weight classes. Um, and once you dismiss that, uh, things get, uh, it becomes easier to suspend your disbelief on everything else because weight classes are a huge factor. Um, like you're, you're going to be hard pressed to find any combat sport that doesn't have weight classes. Um, I mean, let's see, uh, boxing, uh, boxing weight classes are by like, uh, Three, three pounds, I think, or something? Yeah, it's either three or five pounds. It's some ridiculously close margin. Yeah. Um, in MMA, it, it's, I know in MMA it skews. So, like, MMA straw weight to fly weight is, like, 10 pounds difference. But, like, um, the, uh, the um, MMA middleweight is 185 pounds, and then it's like it goes down and up by like five and ten pounds from there. So right. cool, great, that's fine. So if you're we're dealing with a thirty pound weight advantage, that's absurd. I mean that 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 that's a that's two three weight classes, maybe even as much as six. Um, and no athletic commission anywhere in the world is going to sign off on that again, kind of except maybe Bellator, but. Um, <laughs> They'll, they'll sign off on anything if it'll sell tickets. But, um, you know, the, the only possible conclusion we could have is everybody in the World Warrior Tournament is uh, a super heavyweight or above, which would be like 265 or something, which that's a hell of a thing to assume. Um, and I know the, the, the Street Fighter characters have official weights listed by Capcom and stuff, and I don't think, all, I don't think too many of them are above 250. Um, so except for maybe E Honda. Well, I mean, like E Honda and Zangief and T Hawk are above 250 or something, but like Ryu's not above 250. No. And so uh, Chun Li and Cammy certainly aren't. Um, I'm actually googling it now because I came completely unprepared. Um, no, it's okay. So sorry for putting you on the spot there. No, 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 it's fine. Yeah, in uh, by the official. Capcom standards, Ryu is 187 pounds. Jesus. Yeah. So, and he's going to be in the same weight class as E Honda? No, that's that, that's that's a recipe for a lawsuit. Like, not even by <laughs> Ryu, like, by like parents groups that children had to watch, you know, this poor man get murdered by a half truck. <laughs> um, then we have to deal with you know, are we going to test for performance enhancing drugs? Cause you know, you know, Blanca is like nothing but eel blood. Yeah. You know, Blanca's Blanca's on some shit. We haven't even classified yet. Oh yeah. No, he's like half toxic sludge. Like he's one step away from being a teenage mutant Ninja turtle and that we're going to allow this. I mean, he can, he's, you know, he, he's, is he, is he co mentally competent to compete? Can he like, 
would his judgment be legally binding? I mean, I don't want to suggest that he's not all there, but the dude, you know, lives in tree. He came to a fighting tournament in Capoeira. I'm just going to leave that alone right there. <laughs> like, all the Capoeira people are now really mad at me. Like, oh, no, you're going to Jenga at me. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, look, I like Capoeira, too. I saw only the strong as well. Let's not get too carried away here. Yep. Um, so, I, I... The... The fantasy of the tournament is a lot of fun, and the characters are just beautiful and great, but the real-world implications of it are kind of horrifying, terrifying, and ultimately very, very predictable. And I go into detail yes. in the uh, panel, which I would encourage people to check out, um, because it's for MAGFest, and MAGFest is one of the best times in the world, and hopefully there will be another one. Yes, yes, indeed. Oy. Um. So, yeah... Uh, no, it's perfect. So, so with that, you know, you got to do your panel and kind of pit these people up in the real world in a, you know, researched and directed way to, to prove a point. Um, and I want to see if, you know, by random, um, bracketing, mm -hmm. if we come up with the same conclusion as you, or if by random bracketing, maybe it works out differently. So okay. um, as a start, I guess we should say in, in your thing, if people haven't watched it yet or if they go and watch it, who won your tournament, sir? The winner, the predicted winner was Zangief. Um, he was the predicted winter, winner because, A, he was the only one who really wanted to be there. Everybody else was there for, or most everybody else was there for other reasons. You know, Guile and Chun-Li were there for because for revenge and whatnot, and Dalsim was raising money. He was one of the only ones who wanted to be there to just compete and win and have fun. He was there because he had an entire nation backing him. Um, you know, footing the bill for his training, footing the bill for his air travel and his accommodations and whatnot. Um, he didn't have to have a day job or anything like that. And uh, he was there because of his size. The dude's freaking huge. He's a much, giant bear. Yeah, that much size. The, the myth of the smaller man beating the bigger man in martial arts is predicated on a huge skill differential, but the little man is much more skilled. If you've got two people of even remotely comparable skill, the bigger person is likely to win. If you've got somebody who's got 150 pounds on his opponent, uh-uh, that, that, that pretty much ain't happening. And uh, lastly, uh, he's there, uh, not least, I will say, but because of Sambo. Sambo actually has a well-established... MMA uh, track record and credibility. It's not a style like karate or sumo whom have a very spotty record. Sambo practitioners often equip themselves very well in a wide variety of combat situations. And so those four elements put together, he's the hands-on favorite. Now, I will say real fast, there was a wild card. Yes. And that wild card was Blanca, because Blanca is clearly out of his damn mind. And as I said in the panel, if there's anything that's going to beat funding, if there's anything that's going to beat skill, if there's anything that's going to beat size, that is crazy. And Blanca is crazy. He's one step away from being a damn vampire on PEDs. <laughs> if anything's going to throw a wrench into the whole thing, it's going to be that. All right. So previous results on the table 
by uh, you know by, by setting up now mm-hmm. i have like like i told people at the beginning you and i split the character selection screen for the 16 characters we're going with that version of street fighter 2 down the middle i well, took the right Foster, we're, we need to clarify when we say the 16 characters are talking about super street fighter 2 so yes. we're just dis- we're disregarding akuma sakura a lot of those characters the traditional super street fighting 2 and I was going to say the name. So we've we've got. Well, I will we'll split it down the middle, like we talked about. I have the right side. You have the left side. Mm-hmm. So I have, in no particular order, Blanca, Guile, Zangief, Dalsim, Sagat, DJ, Cami, and M Bison. They're mm-hmm. my characters, and I have rolled dice and assigned them a random one through eight order, which we are going to bracket up in rounds. So tell yep. the people your eight characters. All right. I have my team. We start off with Team Japan, which is Ryu and Honda. We have um, Team America, which is Balrog, Ken, and T-Hawk. We have Team China, which is Fei Long and Chun Li. And we have Team Hey, That's Cheating, which is Vega. <laughs> I should say Vega and his reflection. Vega brings a goddamn weapon. Oh, uh, they had to give him cut him some slack because he's sixty pounds. He's sixty pounds and like seven feet tall. Yeah, it doesn't make right. any he, sense. He looks like a tether ball pole. They had to give so, him some something to work with. So with that, out of random dice draw, yep. round one. Um, fight. So you know what's up? I said you said round one. I said fight. Fight. So like I said, I broke this up. So we're gonna have eight rounds, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna have you know. Those people pair up against each other. And just for fun, I'll assign us points throughout based on which one of our characters we decide wins. Um, Just for fun, and we can have street cred that way. Excellent. That's perfect. All right, so right off the bat, my very first character one dice roll is M. Bison. Oh, boy. You win. (laughs) Who we got? Fei Long. Oh, okay. So so you you, you think it's Bison? I think it's Bison, too, but we should talk it out. Well, because, so here's the thing. You have a militant drug dealer who thinks he's magic versus a (laughs) Bruce Lee cosplayer. There's no scenario where my boy walks away from this okay. He's going to get embarrassed. Now, first of all, Fei Long is a movie actor. And I understand that he's got some deal, you know, he's, you know, like... uh, uh, Jackie Chan, he's got some dealings with the Hong Kong underground and whatnot, but you're still going to deal with the fact that he's going to be like Elvis and Kid Galahad, where when he punches somebody, he's amazed that A, they don't go down immediately, and B, hey, my hand hurts. Versus a drug dealer. I break my fingers. Right, yeah. And he's going against a drug dealer whom, again, thinks he's magic. Nothing about that scenario is going to cut play out well. That's the start of the movie where the actor then goes off to find, you know, Gen or Shen Long or whoever it was that trained Chun Li and get him to train her, get him, get him to be trained because he can't fight. Um, I don't care, you know, what kind of sounds he makes when he throws a punch. <laughs> this ain't going to happen. Uh, my boys are going to get embarrassed. Now, look, I love Bruce Lee movies, but come on now. Um, that's so, great, yeah, man. I don't think this is gonna go. This is gonna go the way the crowds in Hong Kong are hoping for. So who's who's turf? Because this was always something I found fun from your uh, 
from your panel. Whose turf do you think we fight on? Oh, we fight in Hong Kong. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, because so Bison, the same thing. He's, he's an international drug lord, so he's going to travel. And I think he's confident enough, because, again, he thinks he's mad. I, I should also stipulate, since this is real-world Street Fighter, I'm operating under the assumption that they don't actually have magic powers. They can't throw fire from their hands. Right, um, yeah. I, I also like that from the panel, the fact that Dalsim is you know going on the entire fight holding uh, kerosene in his mouth waiting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he, He's going to, you know, make some things. But so uh, M. Bison has got maybe some pyrotechnics or something like that. He's got, you know, a high school tech crew following him around to make this stuff happen. Uh, he's got some wire foo things to make him spin across the ground. Fei Long ain't got none of that. Fei Long's too egotistical. He's going to show up and it's going to be bad. But Rob, that's yep. just superconductor electromagnetism. I, I understand that it levitates him and the throne to the world, but... I no. It, so already M. Bison has made it further along than he made it in your panel. This is true. This is he very, very true. I attribute a lot of that to the cocaine. <laughs> All right. So moving on to round two after an upset with M. Bison, not really an upset. Fei Long is getting beaten basically by anyone he fights. That's kind of the way I look at it. A bunch of Hong Kong people are going to beat me up and steal my lunch money for this, aren't they? I don't know, but uh, Blanca is my, my, uh, oh, damn. Round. Okay. We have a fight on our hands. Woohoo! Chun Li. Oh, crap. So, did you see that god awful movie, uh, The Quest by with Jean Claude Van Damme? Oh, yes, I did. I am so sorry to hear that. I'm glad you're okay. Um, if, for those of you who didn't see it, it was a pseudo follow-up to Bloodsport. Yeah, pseudo was, is the best word for that. Yeah, well, the thing is that it was written by Frank Dukes, or conceived or directed or something like that. Um, and if you don't know who Frank Dukes is, he's the guy, he's the character Jean-Claude Van Damme is playing in Bloodsport. And he is one of martial arts' most pathologic liars. Um, he's up there with, like, Count Dante in the annals of complete, just complete bullshit guys in martial arts. Um, anyway, the quest is very, very forgettable, except for the supporting cast. And in that movie, they had this amazing fight scene between a capoeira fighter and a kung fu fighter. It's the only reason to go out and watch this movie. In fact, if you can just find that clip on YouTube, you'll be fine. It um, is great. Yeah, it is. Like, the actual tournament was cool. And it's a shame there was the rest of the movie that you had to sit through. But that's what we're going to get. We are going to get a badass, flippy, dippy, we're going to get the Young Bucks versus Kenny Omega quality leaping around fight here. This 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 is going to be the highlight reel of the, the battle. Um, but unfortunately, that's the fictional world. This is the real world, which means somebody's going to roll an ankle. Yeah. Um, let's see, how is this going to go down? So Chun-Li, in the, in, in the panel, I made some allowances by, in Capcom, Chun-Li is credited as studying Wushu, which is a uh, very acrobatic performer-based martial art, and I made the allowance that maybe she was trained in Sanshu, which right. is really more like Chinese kickboxing. Um, so we've got a lot of flipping, we've got a lot of acro... Where is this taking place? Is this in right. China or is this Brazil? Uh, that's the thing, right? I don't necessarily know 
if Blanca is containable to bring anywhere in the real world. Yeah, he definitely doesn't have a he definitely doesn't have a passport. Right, so I'm thinking she has to come to him, which All just right. gives him home turf advantage. Yeah, so in that case, anything else, Blanca wins because I don't know if you've ever been to Brazil. It is just too hot. Like, yeah. however hot you think it is, Brazil is just too hot. Um, and it's perpetually like 187% humidity. So uh, you've got those performance elements at play. Blanca in Street, Super Street Fighter 2 is like on the docks in some uh, fishing village. Yes. Um, so, yeah... I, I don't see Chun Li faring well here, especially if Blanca does in fact throw a watermelon at her. Right, uh, like I I see Chun Li getting a couple of good hits in, mm-hmm. like, but Blanca, it, it's like putting someone in a uh, coliseum with a lion, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it's just. Well, it's also Blanca's a lot bigger than he seems. Blanca's a big dude. Like and, I don't. I don't put us like if Blanca and Zangief end up getting paired up, Zangief will take a bite out of Blanca. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, like I don't think Chun Li would resort to that. No, I I be, I am prepared to believe Chun Li might Johnny Cage him, but that's yes. about as far as she'd go. Um, yeah, it's a bummer because because Chun Li is is one of my favorite fighters in the game, and she's yeah. There's I'm no just way. Stop you there, Chun Li is one of my favorite. Just like stop. Like yeah. fighters, characters, video game characters. Chun Li's Chun Li is a really underrated character. Um, but yeah, I I this is gonna go to Blanca. Like I I agree with you. It would be a I think it'd be a good fight. It'd be cool to see. But nah, man. At the end of the day, it, uh, the man beast is gonna take it. All right. So we have M Bison and Blanca up against each other in the next round. We'll get to that. Uh, we have Guile. Guile. Oh, damn. Whew, this, on paper, this could be a good fight. And that is okay. going against Ihonda. Oh, crap. Okay. So we've got Guile, who is trained in Air Force Special Forces training, which actually does exist, despite what the Marines might say. Um, and uh, versus Ihonda who is a sumo who has cross-trained. Now, I explain in the panel, sumo is a lot better than people give credit for um, because they'll say, you know, sumo is a sport, you don't really do it, but then at the same time, they'll acknowledge wrestling. And wrestling, especially Greco-Roman wrestling, has a very strong performance record in MMA. Uh, Randy Couture, I think, had his background in Greco-Roman wrestling. And uh, so if you... for the people who don't know, um, Greco-Roman wrestling is you cannot grab below the body. Or yes. you can't grab below the waist. And so it's very, very similar to sumo. Um, and, and so for that reason, and you have some MMA fighters. Uh, uh, Machida, uh, Loita Machida was, an, was a sumo guy and a couple of other guys. Um, so I think sumo could acquit itself a lot better than you might think. And again, we got to take away Guile's uh, sonic boom because that ain't happening. I'm just envisioning him yelling really loudly. That's about it. Yeah, M- might scare some children. Yeah, he scares some children. I mean, I'm prepared to believe he'll scare somebody because he's got a foot of hair. That's intimidating. But 
um, you know, some crazy blonde dude starts shouting at you, that's going to, you know, but, um, hmm. No, I think, I think this plays out very similar to the way you described it in your panel, whereas E oh, Honda, no, no. Well, well that's, that's the, <laughs> let's leave that part. Out, Cause gotcha. Yeah, no, I, leaving that. Yeah. Okay. So in, in one fake world, Guile wins cause he shoots E Honda. No, I'm talking, um, uh, pairing um on an even playing field yeah. that e-, e honda is trained to fight with his hands first and foremost mm-hmm. whereas if guile has some wrestling or anything background prior to the army he's still a shoot first use your hand second so he has far less experience i mean if you really really fast i hear everybody typing on the keyboards already air force not army we know sorry for making that mistake it's, sorry yes yeah. apologies yes forgive us Either way, okay, so he doesn't have a plane <laughs> to fly into E-Honda, so <laughs> that's even worse. Okay. Have to look. The, yeah, the you know military fighting, whether you're talking about the McMatt program, Air Force Special Training, um, which is the para-jumpers and whatnot, or uh, SEALs, Krav Maga, anything like that, they're trained to use their weapons first. Like, hand-to-hand combat, even however good they might be, it's still their third or fourth preferred weapon. They're going to use their long gun. And if the long gun isn't available, they're going to use the pistol. If the pistol isn't available, they're going to use a knife. If the knife isn't available, then they'll go to their fists. Um, It's really not a primary resort, whereas you have a world-class athlete in a combat sport who has now cross-trained for mixed martial arts for no-holds-barred fighting. Yeah, uh, and, and then we get into the size class. Um, Ihonda's a big dude and, you know, he's been punched in the face. He's been slapped. Plus he, you know, come on. He's, he's a little bit older of a Japanese guy, which means he's got a chip on his shoulder about Americans. Right. So he, he's going to want to slap a blonde boy. Um, I'm just saying. So he's going to slap shit out of him too. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if he gets that hundred hand slap thing. Um, and I also think I don't think this is a quick fight, just like Blanca and Sean Lee. I think I think Guile Guile's a strong bastard. Yeah. I just think the minute E Honda gets within close range, um, he's there's gonna be a grapple or there's gonna be something that just Guile's not gonna be prepared for it. Agreed. And I I mean so also I think it's gonna depend on where it takes place. I am a, I think we should assume that it's gonna take place in E Honda's bathhouse. Because I don't want yes. to deal with the legal ramifications of sneaking a sumo onto the tarmac of an air force base. Also, though, if, if we're what? talking, if we're talking illegal on um, black market generated street fight tournament, I'd say that any film I've seen that follows any of those types of things, there's still honor involved. And if we're mm-hmm. going to use the E Honda having the honor of you know the World War II. Japan US conflict. I think they tore a tore a tore it and actually do half fight in both locations. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, in that <laughs> case, what I would imagine what would happen is Ihonda gets roughed up by Guile's buddies at the jet. Yes. And, and that pisses him off. And so when it comes time for the bathhouse fight, it's, it gets a little bloody. Um, yeah, Honda just goes face first, gets a concussion, but Guile's dead. Yeah, exactly. You know, just smashes him right in the brush head. Um, I'll let y'all decide which which brush head I'm referring to. But uh, 
Yeah. But yeah, I, I feel like Ionda takes this one. I, I Giles got that flash kick, but that's just a knee sprain waiting to happen. All right. So that's M. Bison, Blanca, and E. Honda so far. So you have a point, sir. Yay! One of your guys finally wins. I'm not terrible. Two to one. All, All right. right. So now we have coming up in uh, the fourth matchup. Who the winner of your entire tournament, Zangief? Oh damn! <laughs> no, 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 son. Because you know I picked for round four was uh, T Hawk. Oh crap! So Battle of the big boys. Oh crap! This is a great pairing. Yeah, this is just Brock Lesnar versus the Big Show. Damn. Oh no! All right, so let's set the stage here. So we're either fighting in a Russian steel factory or we're fighting on a Native American reservation of Americans displaced to Mexico. Um, oh, I'm, think, I'm thinking on T-Hawk's turf, man. All right, yeah, I, I'd say so too because Zangief can afford to fly. T-Hawk can't. I see like, I see like um, uh, Mohegan Sun doing this like on the DL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Um, all, all, all bets are off. People in the crowd can still smoke. Uh. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I don't. There's, there's no preparation for this. Like they're, they literally are in the middle of a, you know, like intersection in the street, and like traffic's honking and stopping. Yeah. Like this is, uh, yeah, this is, th- this is, this is a pure street fight. So, to, for those, because a lot of people know Ryu and Chun-Li, they may not know T-Hawk and Zangief that well. Zangief is there for national pride. And after, um, after the fall of the Berlin Wall, his background was kind of retconned a little bit, that he was being pushed to be this national hero to kind of help bolster Russian pride. Um, <clears throat> T-Hawk, on the other hand... He's the traditional American, Native American story where everything was kind of constantly taken from him over the course of his life and to the point that he's been forced out of America. And so he's got this huge chip on his shoulder. He is there to try to raise money to buy back his land. Um, in some versions, his land was taken not by the American government, but by M. Bison. But uh, he's got a chip. I imagine he's out for M. Bison as well because Native American... Um, communities are in America are replete with drug problems and with, uh, organized crime issues. Uh, we have that here. I'm in North Carolina and we have that in the Cherokee nation up in the mountains. And so I, I'm sure Bison's got a presence there. So you've got this strong moral imperative with everything good pushing him versus another guy who's there trying to reestablish the strength and nobility of his nation. So you've got a Rocky four kind of clash here. This is going to be brutal. Yeah. Plus you've got two big ass dudes who are trained in very kind of no holds bar wrestling Sambo for Zangief and native American wrestling for T-Hawk native American wrestling is kind of like collegiate catches, catch can wrestling, but with punches and chops and it's, it's wrestling with a two drink minimum is what I'm getting at. Right. Um, so, yeah, so you got, you've got like the second or third fight in every like martial arts movie where they're smashing each other into cars and, you know, 
tearing up boxes and hitting each other. This is just this isn't a martial arts fight. This is a brawl. Yeah, this is this is the the last twenty minutes of Terminator Two kind of shit yeah. going. On. Yeah, they're just throwing each other into everything. Just pick up anything and hit each other. And yeah, this is people are going to have pieces of them missing. I got a, my I got a concussion just thinking about this fight. Good lord, I'm I'm having a hard time with this because it's like it at the on paper, you know, Zangief just seemed he he's a bear. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, he, but T Hawk man with all of that, like. Zangief being, you know, the Russian bringing back the national pride thing, but T-Hawk doesn't even have... T-Hawk had his entire national pride removed before it even existed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This is... It's just who has more to lose or less to lose, you know? Because T-Hawk's kind of like the Ryu in this situation. You know, he's, like, coming from nothing other yep. than to want to just... I mean, what's more of a regaining national pride as a displaced original american than taking down russia right yeah that's a very good point so you've got you you've got a kind of grappler's version of ryu versus ken because you've got the the wayward lone warrior versus the person with the wealth and the backing um, i don't know part of me wants to say this is t-hawk no i i i, I gotta go with zangief because and this is one factor i never talked about in the panel because it doesn't come yeah. up too much but a Oh, okay. T Hawk's like in his early twenties. You don't peak athletically until your late twenties, early thirties. Um, and experientially, you know, Zangief Zangief's just at that not just physical prime, but tactical and martial prime. T Hawk's too young. T Hawk's gonna make. Yeah. Some, I mean, this is it's like Chun Li versus Blanca. This is gonna be a hell of a fight. This is probably gonna be the best fight of the match, but. But T Hawk's going to be the one. T Hawk's got too many aerial moves. He's going to try to go lucha style at some point, and uh, it's going to look cool. And it's going to look amazing. But he's going to get his neck broken. He's going to get his neck broken. He's going to get his neck broken, or he's going to he's going to expose himself for Zangief to suplex him into next week. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, I, I this is going to this is going to go to Zangief. Wow, I want to see this play out so bad. I'm a- I do too. <laughs> He's yeah. a, the one exception, one exception, and that's if if T Hawk cheats. T Hawk's a street scrapper. T Hawk's, you know, he's got too much, so much on the line. I couldn't put it past him to try to shank Zangief. I don't know if he's that kind of person or not, but you know, I, I see him as not a street thug, but you know, he's had to fight, he's had to scrap, he's had to you know scrape to make it, things happen. I couldn't put it past him doing something cheap. All right, so. Goes to Zangief. That's three for me, one for you, sir. Oh, bring us to our next. Bring us to our next matchup, DJ. Oh hell! Oh, Ken. Oh crap! Oh damn! Okay, so we got the rich boy versus the DJ he hired to spin at his own party. Yep. That's actually probably where the fight happens. Yep. Okay, so we've got Dutch kickboxing versus Shotokan Karate. Ooh, this is this is this is an even matchup, both this, in the game and in the real world. Um, this is a fun battle to watch. Yeah, th- this is going to be the technical powerhouse. This is going to be 
lots of in-close boxing, lots of, you know, elbows and strikes and parries and counter punches. Uh, this is uh, this is gonna be good stuff. Let's see here. What do we got for weight? I know Ken, is Ken about the same as Ryu since they're the carbon copy of each other. Yeah, is they're power I'm looking it up now. Because uh, DJ's got height on him for sure. I don't know. All right. Um, according to Capcom, DJ is 203 pounds. Okay. So he's oh, got 50 pounds to Sean Ken. Ken is... Um, I'm getting a bunch of different ones. That's not helpful, guys. Uh, apparently, Ken's weight fluctuates radically depending on the game. Well, let's just assume he's the same as Ryu. So that's about a 30-pound differential. Yeah, he's. Uh, what I'm finding here is uh, the the heaviest I'm finding is 183. All right. So, so he's about, uh, about 20 pounds shy of DJ. Um, traditionally... Kickboxing does better than karate because kickboxing has a lot of the same kicks, but not the same, but a more boxing base of strikes. Yeah. Um, hmm. This is going to be a good fight. I think part of it's going to depend on is this a fight that was scheduled or was Ken being a dick to the DJ he hired to spin at his birthday party and a fight broke out? Well, I think this is it. He's being a dick to the DJ at his party, but the fight coordinators were there spreading mm. word of mouth around, getting the crowd amped up. Gotcha. And so this goes down, but they kind of, you know, you, you got the cheering section already ramped up to kind of help make this an official thing. Okay. All right. So, um, see, I see this going either way. DJ's got more street cred. Ken is an established uh, fighter in the universe. He's, he's like, I mean, he's not world champion, but he's something like that. He, he's well-known on top of that you've got uh you know uh, dutch kickboxing and shotokan that really is going to come down to the individual practitioner shotokan guys are usually pretty tough um yeah here's what i'm going to put it on is ken's girlfriend present at the fight oh if she is if she is ken wins because he is not going to get shown up in front of his girl so, guaranteed he wins if she's there, but then yeah. how does it play out if she's not? We have to see if, it, if we think he would still have a chance if she wasn't, then it goes to him. If we, I, I, I am, I'm prepared to call it a toss-up if she's not there. If she is there, he can't get embarrassed in front of his honey. He's too much of a misogynist. Right, so then if it's a toss-up, then it has to go to Ken, because... He wins if she's there, and we just don't know if she's going to be present or if she's going to be passed out, drugged out on something. I don't think she'll be drugged out, but yeah, she's she's a party girl. She'll pass out. Yeah. So it's Ken. All right. Yeah. That's a tough one, though. Another point for you, sir. All right. That was. I think that's the hardest one. Even though we didn't debate it for long, that's that's one still in my head. That's it's a hard one. Yeah, I, I really could see that going either way because DJ's got better fashion. Those Maxim pants are awesome. <laughs> I want those Maxim. I want Maxim written down the side of my leg. Those things look cool. He was my All boy right. when, Street Fighter, when Super Street Fighter 2 came out. So that brings us to Zagat. Sagat. Why am I saying Z? I'm reading Sagat. I put Zagat. 
that that's right. that's great. Good for me. Well, we're getting a rematch of uh, the uh, Fighting Street because the next person I had was Ryu. Oh crap! All right. So here's the thing. All right. Ryu wins, and here's why. One, Sagat is handicapped. He's missing a damn eye. <laughs> Two, and, and depth perception is kind of important in fighting. Two, he is crippled. He has a giant scar across his chest where his flesh was lit on fire by a little Japanese dude's punch. Three, he is obsessed with beating up a vagrant hobo, wandering <laughs> the world, picking fights. Nothing about that screams healthy. Now, I understand he's got a reach that is measured in days, that when he throws a punch, it starts on Sunday and lands on Thursday. But <laughs> at the same time, he is crippled. He is mouth... I mean, she, no! No! <clears throat> No, like, I, I understand in his heyday, he was the most badass badass that ever badassed. You know, he's Mutai. Those guys are carved out of wood. Just not anymore. He got beat by a little Japanese dude half his height, half his weight. Plus, he got knocked out. The glass chin is a real thing. Once you get knocked out, it is easier to get knocked out subsequent times. Yes. All of this is leading up to the fact that he is going to go down again to this homeless hobo that beat him up the first time. I'm yeah. sorry. This is not going to be a good fight. This is going to be emotional. This is going to hurt. Like, in his mind, he's going to have the tigers and there's the Buddha statue. But in actuality, this is outside of a 7-Eleven and, you know, like, a bunch of, like opium addicts are watching this like this is just nothing pretty about this i feel bad for him like it hurts my soul i i like sagat but like he he needs he needs some therapy he needs a hobby he needs to take up like knitting or something to like recover his soul because he's too obsessed with beating up a hobo <laughs> so so that ties us up good sir like, but I, 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 I need to rant for a little bit longer because I feel bad for Sagat because he's so unsettled. He's, I mean, he's being exploited by a drug lord who, because he's so obsessed with beating up this vagrant. Like, this is no, nobody wins in this fight. We're not better people for having witnessed this fight. Like, everybody needs to make a donation to your charity of choice just to help cleanse your soul for us having to have to watch this poor, poor man get beat and, up. And, and Ryu sure as hell isn't going to be happy at the end of this fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is, uh, I, no, this is. This is sad. All right. So, uh, is... unfortunately, we move into other sad terms because we have Dalsim. <laughs> Gotta think of the children. Oh, this is not good. So, we're going to have the battle of the uh, bean poles because I picked Vega. Oh, crap. All right, so let's set the stage here, guys. So for your audience, if you're not familiar, Dalsim is a do-gooder in <clears throat> India. I don't remember exactly where. I want to say it was Delhi, but I'm not sure. And he is trying to help raise money for orphans who lost their parents in, I don't know, whatever war of the week is going on over there, India and yeah. 
uh, Pakistan are not getting along real well right now, and they're not lucky India and China are going to start having some problems. Um, that's beside the point. Um, but he's he's doing this to raise money. He doesn't really care about winning. He's just trying to get paid because every dollar he makes is another mouth fed. Now, versus against that, we have Vega, who is a spoiled rich brat from Spain who thinks he is a ninja. Now, Vega is seven and a half feet tall and 34 pounds. Dalcine is like five feet tall and 34 pounds. But here's the thing. Here's, here's where I think it's going to be interesting. Vega practices a style called Spanish ninjutsu, which doesn't exist. Which means Vega is crazy. Or Vega <laughs> is dumb. And likely both. But Dalsim practices one of the great grandfathers of all martial arts, uh, Kalari Piatu. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. For those of you who don't know, all martial arts in Asia trace their, almost all, excuse me, uh, most of them, 80% of them, I would say, trace their lineage back to the Shaolin Temple, however dubiously sometimes. The Shaolin Temple claims that it was taught uh, Kung Fu from a wandering monk. The monk's name was uh, uh, Bodhisattva, Bodhisattva. I'm, I'm blanking on the name Boda, um, but that monk was actually Indian. They kind of gloss over this fact in the traditional legends. The, and so that monk was not teaching just random Kung Fu. He was teaching Indian battle tactics, which is called Kalari Piatu, or again, however it's pronounced, forgive me. Um, and Indian martial arts date back farther than Buddhism. We're talking about going back before Greco-Roman times. This is ancient, ancient stuff. And if karate, if some branches of karate could be called uh, Japanese Kung Fu, uh, Kung Fu, Shaolin Kung Fu could be called Chinese Kalipariatu. So this dude is coming from purebred martial arts. And this was varied stuff. There's a lot of different branches of uh, the Indian martial arts. They come in everything from the leaping, jumping, flowery stuff of wushu to the down and dirty wrestling of mixed martial arts and everything in between. So this dude knows what he's doing. But then, on the other hand, we've got Vega, who's got a knife, which means he wins. Yep. Because weapons win. Weapons win and also Vega. a huge advantage. Vega would totally cheat, too. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, where is this fight happening? Because I guarantee you it's happening at Vega's hacienda. Of it's course. It's happening it at Vega's house. Because Vega's not going to go to India for this fight. Vega's going to make the fight come to him, which means Dalsim is going to lose. But Dalsim is going to get paid. Yep. Dalsim's going to get Dalsim's going to make sure that he, he bats in his... In Vega's favor, just to make sure there's more money for the kids. Oh yeah, I'm, I have no doubt Dalsim would lose the fight on him, lose the fight deliberately just to make some dough, because you know he's trying to help people. So Dalsim is probably going to you know lose a kidney because he gets stabbed or something. Um, if I, I'm prepared to believe he might whoop Vega's ass, but no, Vega's walking out of this with the win, and yeah. um, 
Dalsim's going home with a giant stack of money and bless yep. him too. So for those keeping score, that's Rob coming up on, in the front with four to three, bringing us into the only obvious last person you could have, which is Cammy versus Balrog. I win. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, Cammy, kind of like Guile, is trained in British Special Forces. She is SAS, I believe. Special Air Services. And she is trained, um, but she has lost her memory. Sorry, for, hang on a second. There we go. Everybody out. Sorry, I was trying to hide that, but one of my cats wanted out of the bedroom. That's um, all good. So, yeah. For those of you, uh, it's uh, mid-April in 2020, which means we're operating under the quarantine. A lot of people are struggling with their kids, uh, including my excellent host. I am playing that game on easy mode because all I have are cats and one dog. So uh, I'm kind of cheating when it comes to that particular little game. It's all good. But, uh, yeah. By the way, I, I, my hat's off to you, my friend. I, I have plenty of friends who have kids, and all the kids are very well-behaved, very wonderful. But even well-behaved kids are still a an amazing chore. And I, 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 I oh, cannot yeah. sing your praises enough. For the... Thank you. Thank you so much. And like I said, I do this for them. Um, this is both. This is both daddy's centering thing, <laughs> which, which is important because you know um, uh, we all need our thing. Yeah. Uh, but also, it's it's a blast to, to talk to you and everybody else. It's it's a yeah. good way to connect and, and get out there. So. Right. And the I, if I may deviate from our conversation topic here for a second. Hey, I don't um, run another you, podcast called Tangent for nothing. Uh, cool. Um, I uh, Something that rarely gets looked up in survival manuals and disaster relief stuff is the importance of recreation. Um, people talk about, well, how are you going to handle the disaster? You know, do you have food prepared? Do you have whatever prepared? People don't appreciate or rarely appreciate the importance of distracting your mind and engaging your mind and having recreation. Um, a lot of times the things that survivors of disasters will talk about is how they played games to get by and read books and reread books and things like that. And recreation is not a casual pastime. It's not an indulgence. It is a part of caring for yourself. And so if you're taking time to listen to podcasts like um, Chipman's podcasts and things like that, that's not, that's not just free time that you're whittling away. That is, that's very much a part of health as much as sleeping and eating properly. And so in times and stressful times like this, it is important to keep those things in mind and to not to not work yourself to death. If all you do is focus on surviving physically, your brain and your soul um, will will struggle as well. And so things like this can become very, very important. Distractions and entertainment become very paramount, especially when stress is high. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's- I, I just don't see a lot of people talking about that in these situations. No, that, that's why I started recording these during work, even though, you know, my work time is more limited. I do this on my lunch because it forces me to step away from that. Yeah. Uh, and again, you might say, you know, well, 
these are the things that drop the first time. And anybody says, you know, well, the last thing that should drop is going to the gym or the last thing that should drop is keeping your house clean. Or It's like, no, if I come home and my house is a mess right now, it's more important that I engage with my kids yeah. and, you know, than, you know, oh, making sure it's perfect because who's looking at it? I, you know what I mean? No, I, yeah. So that's a very important point. So if you take anything away from today, Take, take away that Zangief wins. <laughs> take away that Zangief wins. No, we're we're getting there. All right. So uh, yeah. So back to uh, station recognition over. Back to the fight. No, that was no, that was awesome, dude. So we're back to let, let's pick these at random. I don't have to go in order again. Let's go with the last two. Vega. Oh, hang, on, and... hang, on, hang on. Let's go back to Balrog and Cammy here for a second because I want to pick on her because she I I I have a huge crush on her. Okay. Um, okay. But um, back to Balrog. Balrog is was allegedly based off of Mike Tyson, there's this whole thing about in the original Street Fighter, the first one, there was a, a black American boxer named Mike. And in Japan, the character we know as Balrog was actually named M. Bison. And when it was brought over to America, they were worried about the localization. They, they relocalized it because they were worried about M. Bison, or uh, Mike Tyson um, suing for, you know, infringement or likeness uh infringement and so they changed it that's part of why the names got swapped around um so he's a serious serious boxer again we come back to weight classes we again come back to things like reach we again come back to training and that is a boxer who was trained to fight and in combat sports versus a soldier who was trained to fight as like a third or fourth tier option especially cammy who was trained to fight and special forces they don't just not really fight with their hands they are trained to cheat they're trained to you know grapple with your opponent and stab them in the throat things like that can they use their fists absolutely but on a one-on-one -on -one even footing no they're just not going to do that well they're not trained to there's no reason for them to be trained to it would be right. a liability for them to be trained to now, if Cammy mugged Balrog in the elevator, Cammy's probably going to win. But on the streets of Vegas, no, nah, that ain't happening. So then, yes. with that in mind, because that's that's another point for you, so that puts you five to three. I'm going down. Don't worry. No, it's awesome. How does Vega fare against Balrog? Oh, oh no, 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 no! Vega gets his ass whipped. Yeah, Vega that's gets what I thought. Beat down. Like, it's embarrassing. Okay, so first of all, here's the thing. So you've got two guys who are pretty tall. One of them is, you know, 200, 230-something pounds. Uh, Balrog's either a heavyweight or a super heavyweight versus a guy that if he turns sideways is going to fall through a crack in the floor. Okay? And then you've got one of the most respected martial arts in the world, pugilism, boxing, hand-to-hand -hand fighting, versus a made-up martial art that's basically bullfighting with a mask. Then you come down to the fact that what does Vega do? Vega's going to fall back on the fact that he's got that knife. Balrog's from the streets. He's been, dealt with that. You're going to come at him with a box cutter? He's going to smash your face. He's been there. That ain't nothing to him. Nah, Vega gets embarrassed. Yeah, it's not even a contest. No. It's going to be hilarious. Yes. 
like Balrog's gonna get like I believe Vega stabs Balrog and Balrog just stares him down. Yeah. Balrog may not even punch him. Balrog may just slap him. I had my insides replaced with money a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> um. Oh, so then that bring, I'm just gonna pick these at random because um, uh, M Bison and Blanca. M Bison and Blanca. Oh, pff. M Bison again. The drug lord versus the crazy vampire wannabe? Yeah. No. Yeah, um, M. Bison kicks his ass. Yeah, and that fight takes place in the village because M. Bison is there to pick up a drug shipment from his local providers. Um, yep. No, 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 no. Bison, and plus Bison's going to cheat. He's just going to, I mean, Bison thinks he has mental powers. He's just going to hypnotize him with that, you know, uh, Crocodile Dundee thing. <laughs> Um, All right. Versus, you know, Blanca throws the uh, what's his name at the watermelon at him, and it's just going to make Bison mad. Uh, Blanca is going to try to electrocute him, and then Bison's going to be, ha ha, I can do that too. I mean, come on. Because it's just superconductor electromagnetism. Yeah, exactly. There you go. He's just going to make him power. It's going to be like that scene out of Avengers between Iron Man and Thor. <laughs> so, yeah, no. <laughs> All right. So then we have E Honda and Zangief, the only remaining chance outside of the last batch. Here's the thing. We are not even going to debate this fight. We're just going to splice in their fight from the Street Fighter movie because it was perfect. Ah! We're just going to have them. Like, we're not even going to explain why suddenly the actors look different and the scenes look different. We're just going to run with it because that's perfect. It's just going to be nothing but the two of them wrestling to first takedown or something. Um, <laughs> here's the thing is... Whoever wins, and that will be Zangief, what we're going to be there for is the after party. Yes. When they go out to dinner at the Sizzler, um, and they, like, make the buffet cook cry. Like, that's what we're here for. Um, yeah, exactly. That, that's, yeah, that's what's going to be fun, because I'll believe Zangief can beat Ihanda, but Ihanda can drink Zangief under the table. Yeah, neither one of these guys are coming out pretty badly damaged at the end of this either. They're going to be buddies hanging out, having a oh, good yeah. time. Yeah, they're going to be pen pals. They're going to go up to Metro City and hang out with Mike Hagar. It's going to be great. No, we're, we've got this. This is going to be the buddy cop. This is going to be the Hobbs and Shaw spinoff of <laughs> the two of them just traveling around the country solving crimes. And I really want that movie now. <laughs> yeah, dude. Let, let's pitch that. Just so a then, big old sumo and Russian special forces just run traveling around trying to solve crimes like supernatural style or something. So even though this was done at random, we still end up with Ken and Ryu having to battle. Mm. Uh, I'm happy to defer to your judgment. I think this goes to Ken. I was going to say the exact same thing. So that's okay. There we are. Then just wants it more. Yeah, he wants it more. He's better fed. You know, it's amazing how much better you fight on a full stomach. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so, so sorry, so that... fans, but in the real world, Ryu just doesn't fare that well. No, it, it's just like in your panel. He 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 can't. Uh, he can't. He's on an empty stomach. He's on. He an empty he's been sleeping on the street. You know what kind of back problems you're going to have sleeping on the street? I sleep on an incredibly comfortable bed, and my back hurts for three hours after I wake up. You think he's going to be doing okay? So he's then he's in a trash can as a pillow. Come on, he's out there hanging out with Oscar the Grouch. He's not all right. He's a hobo. 
So then Ken, fresh off of beating up a hobo, yep. um, has to go to Vegas. He's an asshole. You know he'd be flaunting it. Vegas to fight Balrog. Ken versus Balrog? Oh, yeah. Ooh. So we got the rich... Oh, see, this is... Okay, so we can mitigate everything else. They're both rich. They're both well-trained. They're both combat athletes, everything. But here we've got the rich kid with the chip on his shoulder but the spoon in his mouth versus the street kid who had to look up to the rich kid. Like, Balrog's dad had to drive Ken's dad. Like, yep. Balrog's coming into this. This is personal. Yep. Yeah. You see, and so this is going to be just a, this is going to, this is going to be a good boxing versus karate match for the first half. And then it's going to get personal. And then it's going to turn into the true street fight. So here, I think Balrog takes Ken where DJ couldn't. Yeah. I, I, and I will grant it to just size and meanness. Balrog's just an ass. Balrog's just mean. And Yeah. And, and Balrog, and that's what that's going to be what helped Ken win against DJ is going to be what cost him because Balrog is going to start flirting with uh, what's her name, Eliza, with Ken's girlfriend. And that's going to cause Ken to lose his mind. He's going to make a mistake. Balrog sweeps his legs out with that low punch. That's it. And the difference is Ken's girlfriend's going to be into it. That's the that's what's really going to take Ken down. Oh, I mean, depending on the depiction, Balrog's a handsome dude. Remember in the uh, what? That's what I mean. Yeah, I mean he's he's a he's a world-renowned class athlete, and he was played by Michael Clark Duncan. Come on now. All right, so who gets to fight Balrog? We have M. Bison and Zangief. Okay, so this can go a lot of different ways, in my opinion, and none of them are good because. <laughs> Russia is funneling a lot of money into protecting Zangief and to trying to make him a world class, you know, help, help bring esteem back to Russia. The problem is, is who runs Russia right now? Putin. Yep. What is Putin? Putin is a gangster. Putin is in bed with M. Bison. Uh, see, I, 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 Putin might throw Zangief under the, uh, under the bus. To save his uh, to save his relationship with a drug cartel, my brain was going the exact same way in the in the fake world. Uh -huh. In the fake world, Zangief takes him. No, you know in the fake world, no way. Uh, and Bison's got magic powers. Oh, and oh that's powers. right. Sorry, sorry. Yes, but in in the real world, strip the magic powers away. Politics totally take this one. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I think I think Zangief gets drugged. Zangief gets met. Zangief's probably still hungover from hanging out with E Honda the night before. Um, and so that's probably fighting against him. But yeah, M. Bison's just got too much political pull. I mean, he's, yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a world, he, he, he's a world scale drug dealer. That's hard to overcome. So by the last bout, we have both your winner and wild card out of the running. That's amazing. I didn't see oh, it going that way. Crap. I did not think that was going to happen. And now we have M. Bison versus Balrog. Oh, Bison. Yeah, I was. it's a good fight again. Oh, it's a good damn. fight because Bison tells him to put up a good fight. Bison yeah. tells him to make good. Like, you make me look good, I'll put an extra zero on that check. 
This is straight up like Vince McMahon WWE crap right here. No, that's, that's what's straight up Dana White UFC yeah. crap. Yeah, exactly. No, Vince McMahon at least doesn't pretend he's a, he's fixing this fight. True. I hear you people typing on the keyboards on YouTube. So you can get over it if you, all you want. Dana White's picking the winners. You know it. Don't play that game. So, oh, anyway. Holy Miss Lee Bison? M. Bison wins. Wow. Good Lord. How did we get there? He sucks. <laughs> he does suck. We need Ryu to come. No wonder street fighting is so much more popular in fantasy than in reality. In reality, it's disappointing and embarrassing and sad. Yeah. How does Reaper not win? Oh. Yeah, I feel that now. Let's talk about donating to charity or something. (laughs) You know what's really cool? We ended up dead heat. Did we? Yeah. Oh, wow. I guess we did. Wow, look at that. That's yeah. a pretty good bracket. Yeah, I, I mean, it, yeah, and the bracket looks colorful, too. I'll send it to you. Cool. Yeah, please do. All right. So, for those of you listening at home, please let us know uh, how it panned out and whether or not you beat the spread. And uh, I don't know if you did. We'll send you a sticker or something. <laughs> yeah, see, like I said, if, if they if they match up the same way um, and think that it comes out differently, let us know. We'd like to hear it. If if you yeah yeah that'd be pretty cool. I, I'm I'm curious to see how people would go. And if you think fights would have gone differently, again in the real world, not in the magical, wonderful world of Street Fighter. If the fight actually happened in the real world, if you think it would have gone differently, hook us up. So what's really cool is and you'll see this too. Is the way I set up, and this is completely at random. Mm-hmm. The way I set up the bracket, you took the whole right half, <laughs> but then on the left half. It was split in round two, uh-huh. but then I took the rest. So we yeah. ended up, it's very weird. <laughs> huh? We got to send right, this to man. a sports scientist or somebody. Let him study the odds. Right. I mean, because this, this was 100% random. Mm-hmm. Neither of us knew the other people's picks before we started. So, uh-huh. dude, um, this has been incredibly fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, this was. Um. I wanted to give you a chance to retell people where they can go to find you, and then I got to go back to work. Yay. Well, listen, um, my name again is Robert V. Aldrich. I am uh, Chris Buddy. Thank you very much for having me on here. I really appreciate it. My website is teachthesky.com. I have short stories for free and books that are currently heavily, heavily discounted through the quarantine. So uh, cheap literature is available if you're interested. Um, but yeah, uh, this was an absolute blast. Thank you very much for letting me come on and do it. I really appreciate you letting me come on the show, man. Oh, dude, thank you so much. We should do something similar. If you can come up with another topic similar to this that we can bracket, this was fun. Especially I'm totally down you, with it. You come with so much knowledge, and I, I mean that I, I, I have minimal preparation time because of what's going on in my life, but being able to bounce off somebody that's put some thought into it. It just li- listening to your panel just filled my brain with inspiration for like, I Oh man, I got to, I want to think more. Um, well, listen to your, to your listeners, hit us up on Twitter or on YouTube or something. If there's a, you know, bracket base that you'd like us to try out, let us know. And maybe it's something we can make happen. 
All right. So with that, thank you, Rob, for shooting the shit with Chippa. And thank you all for listening. And um, we'll talk to you all soon. Bye. Be good, everyone.